0: What's up guys and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Neo Vintage Podcast. I'm Jabrell and I'm here with...
1: Steve, hope everyone's doing well out there.
0: And for you guys that have never seen the show before, we're just two guys that like to talk over the biggest stories in game, but we always like to start with what we've been playing. So Steve, what you been playing?
1: Yeah, so uh, just two new little, I guess, things. Uh, obviously, I think, well, according to the sales record, everyone's playing uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake. Oh, has yes. Come out, uh good on Capcom. I think they said it was... I know it was up in the millions uh, within a couple of days sold, so uh, which is not a surprise. So yep, playing Resident Evil Four Remake. Uh, I haven't gotten as far as I would hope to, um, just because timing. It, it's worked out really funny. But uh, what I've played of it and what I've remembered, it's been a while since I played the OG Resident Evil Four. Um, it's what I can think of when I want a masterpiece brought forward um, in every sense of the way. Uh, I mean, most people hold Resident Evil Four. And rightfully so as one of the greatest games of all time and the best Resident Evil of all time, a 10 out of 10 at the time. And it's weird to see it all translated into what's considered now a 10 out of 10. Um, I haven't run in, into any issues. I know there's like apparently some small game-breaking bugs here and there. Um, but they're apparently they're really simple ones to avoid and they're working on patches for it. But um, it's exciting to get into this world again, experience the story again. Just even small line changes, seeing this stuff in... True HD, you know, uh, this is an original GameCube exclusive game that was been brought forward all the way up to the last gen, you know, there was a PS4 port, quote unquote, of Resident Evil 4, so having a full-fledged remake, um, it's crazy, Uh, and it's crazy how much muscle memory is just instilled in me, because every time I go to shoot someone, I'm not walking and shooting, I I stand still, um, just because it's what's there in my brain. Um, but it's exciting, you know. It, it's remixed in a nice way where some things feel new. Puzzles have moved around a little bit. There's always been that, you know, uh, I always call them. There's always those wishing wells where you have to get a little uh, pendant. That, you know, if you don't break that first log first, it's gonna fall in the mud. It's worth nothing. Um, so it's interesting seeing all these guys. Seeing the merchant, you know, a, f- a fan favorite. Uh, seeing the merchant, even though I, uh, he still has his famous line. Though, what are you buying? It just I feel like he doesn't deliver as hard as it should. Um, but again, minor, minor, just differences. But a full-fledged, just really polished game. I, I, Capcom. I don't know if it's just how easy or how well known they are with this RE engine. Just can, re- just they really know how to optimize everything. I again, I'm playing on PS Five, the native PS Five version. I've had no issues at all with anything really. Um, I'll, I'll, I will give them this. It's the game feels slightly more difficult. I don't know if it's just me or the version, uh, the mode I'm playing on. I forgot which one, uh, but man, it's these guys can take some bullets, and these uh, old ladies with the pitchforks, I've gotten stabbed way too many times <laughs> with them. Uh, I, and I don't know if it's just the, the habit of playing the game, or the, the, when the mobs start coming on, it, it does get a slightly just overwhelming in the sense that I feel like I could handle this, and I'm sure it's all to balance the new some of these new mechanics. Um, and how easy the pairing is now compared to what it used to be. I um, mean just again being able to constantly move and shoot, um, I think all really works well. So I, I gotta give them some, some props, I, fantastic game, it's really good, I, when I'm playing it I'm super excited for it um, just because it's just such a staple and I'm all for these new Resident Evils just being you know future proofed um, in, in a sense for so long and we can only assume more of these are coming. Um, the only other thing I've been playing, uh, which it's a semi-April Fool's joke, but it's a real thing, is, uh, the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, yes. Um, so, it's a real thing. I know I sent you the trailer and, yeah. and a screenshot of it on, uh, the day before April's Fool's, so whatever it was, on Friday. Um, and I sent this to a couple other people. There's a trailer, and the game itself, it's just a little point-and-click basic, uh, adventure. Um, no, Sonic's not really dead.' They're, it's Amy's birthday and they're doing one of those. and it's, it's one of those like murder who done it mystery things you can do um, in real life where you guys are role playing like in olden time and someone murders and it's like a group activity. It's the original escape room in a sense. Uh, and that's what the Sonic crew is doing. point and click. Nothing really crazy there. I think it's just interesting that they did this. I'm more excited that Sega again is working with these indie developers. Um, that to, with their IP, you know, it's not like they're not called Sonic. It's, it's with their IP. It's officially published on Sega's page, um, and it's exciting that when they and I love this kind of stuff. It's it, it throws a lot back to when, obviously, a way better game when uh, Nintendo let there was that uh, the cadence of Hyrule game. Oh which, yeah, again, that's a, that obviously superior <laughs> in many senses. But um, yeah, I like when they let you have these different things that exist. There's no harm in it. Um, and then cherry on top, the whole game's free. Uh, it's it's not like I was gonna buy this. Well, maybe, but but I'm a special case. But the game is completely free. It's released. It's there. It's not voice acting anything. It's obviously a way throwback to these old point and click adventures. No voice acting. I haven't really figured out the mystery. I'm not dying or no pun intended dying to get through the game. I just needed to check it out because I saw it. Um, and it showed up as a recommendation for me, and I saw it obviously on their page. Um, but it's a fun little thing just to get in there, see them in these uh, old-timey outfits, all trying to just have fun. Um, it's exciting. There's some throwbacks. There's, like, Easter eggs and stuff. You know, Knuckles has an outfit reminiscent of his old animated series outfit. So it's really cool and it's really fun. So that's all I've really been playing with, just, you know, the big one is the Resident Evil. Sonic was a quick little uh, snapshot. Um, so that's all I've been playing, actually. So what, uh, what have you been up to?
0: Yeah, so just uh, kind of two games that I've kind of dabbled with, or well, one I've actually played quite a bit, and then the other one I've kind of dabbled with. The first one is Nine Years of Shadows. Uh, I send you the trailer of this one for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, this is basically uh, another Metroidvania, but this one really kind of taps into the Symphony of the Night style specifically. Um, it's on. I'm playing it on Steam. Uh, it's eventually gonna have a I think Switch port eventually, but it, for right now, I think it's it's PC exclusive. Um, and yeah, so far it, it's pretty solid uh, for the most part. I like it quite a bit. There are things that I don't like about it. Um, some are you know more nitpicky, but uh, generally I think it's a pretty fun experience. Especially you know if you're a Castlevania fan, I think you'll get a kick out of it. Um, there's a couple things that you know your your mileage may vary depending on you know how much it resonates with you. There are some mechanics. Um, one of the, the fundamental things to this game is that you have this this other character that kind of floats around you that is not only uh the ability to like projectile blast things but is also tied into your health and then you can restore it by either hugging it or hitting enemies and so if you get hit it kind of drains that and so it kind of blocks your ability to um attack certain characters because some characters are only vulnerable to those light attacks so you get into an interesting rhythm of where like you you are trying to like recharge this this gauge while simultaneously dodging, and it, it can that is where I think a decent amount of the challenge has been for me. Um, generally, it's it's a pretty easy game, especially if you a have a lot of experience with uh, Metroidvania's. I don't think you'll have that much issue with this one. It's a hell of a lot easier than Castlevania. Um, I think in terms of the the newer Metroidvania's, you'll have the ones that I think evoke a lot of the old school punishing vibe of. Um, Castlevania, And I think that's more of like blasphemous, moon scars, stuff like that. Uh, this one is definitely more in line with, I think, like like Dead Cells, for example, of that kind of difficulty. Like Where it, it does scale, but for the most part, you can go through it with relative ease. Uh, one detraction I would say is that it is incredibly linear, which is really problematic for a Metroidvania of... Uh, now, obviously, I think there is a spectrum of like where backtracking goes too far, where there's like too much, which is more like like a Metroid Prime, for example. It's just way too much backtracking. Uh, this one has very little backtracking at all. Like every once in a while, you'll get like a new ability where oh, like, OK, if I go back that way, I can unlock some new areas that I wasn't able to access before, you know, kind of textbook Metroidvania stuff. But for the most part, uh, you, you kind of are on a set path. And it kind of leads you to one area, to the next, to the next boss, to the next enemies. The enemy variety is a little low. So there are things where you can kind of look at it and be like, okay, I can tell that this is definitely a smaller team. This is this is not Castlevania. Um, there's not like that large scale major production. Uh, but, you know, there, not to ever like rag on it because there's the, the visuals are beautiful. The music is really, really solid. The gameplay generally as you kind of like traverse and platform is actually really solid. I think it's running pretty okay. There are some technical issues with it. I know some people are having some crashing issues. I have an issue where I can't render cutscenes, but I am playing on the Steam Deck and it's not Steam Deck verified technically. So, um, you know, take that with a grain of salt. You might not encounter those issues if you play it on PC, but uh, overall I recommend it. Only issue, you know, it is. I think twenty dollars full price, fifteen dollars on sale when it launched. When I got it, I don't know if that sale is still going. Um, you're only getting about five to nine hours of gameplay, depending on how long it takes you. I've kind of taken my time with it, so I still haven't beaten it. I'm pretty deep into it, but I, I I know that it's not a ton left for me to play, so I'm not rushing through it or anything like that. But it is a little bit on the shorter side, so just keep that in mind. It's it's not something that's going to take, you know, a dozen of hours to get there, get through unless maybe unless you're like a completionist or maybe if you uh play it multiple times, I don't know if this has new game plus ability or anything like that. But generally, just keep that in mind, if $15 to $20 and then you get, you know, seven hours of gameplay if that's good value for you then go for the game but i would totally understand if people were like okay that's like nothing so I'd, I'd rather not get into it maybe you want to wait on some dlc or something like that uh but yeah nine years of shadow overall very fun if you're looking for a basically another castlevania game to kind of play alongside your dead cells dlc uh, i think this is definitely worth checking out it's been in development for forever so it's been uh, there's been a lot of eyes on it and i think uh, some people have been a little negative about it just because of I think the amount of time kind of in the oven it was versus what I think it's obviously harkening back to a very well accomplished franchise and then you kind of come over there it's gonna get heavy scrutiny. I totally understand that. So yeah, nine years of shadows. And then lastly and and don't ask me why I'm playing this. I think I just I just got a feeling I was like I kind of want to play this. So I went to one of my local retro stores and I found a copy for pretty cheap So I've, I've been playing Max Payne 3. I don't know why, I just, I just am. Um, I just remember like pl- getting it when it came out, and I was like, okay. And then I played like maybe like I don't know, four hours of it or something like that. Like a, this had to be like what 2012 maybe something like that. Um, and yeah, I played a couple hours of it uh, years ago, and I was like, okay, whatever. And I never went back to it. And so randomly, I, I just kind of thought of it. I was like, I, I kind of just remember doing that dive move. And I was like, you know, I kind of want to play Max Payne, but I don't want to deal with any jankiness. So let me get the most polished one. So I was like, right, let me get Max Payne 3. And I looked and it was like 10 bucks or something like that. So I bought a copy. I double checked that it was backwards compatible on my Xbox. So I just popped it in and it. I'm having fun with it. Like, it's stupid. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, it's a dub game. Uh, there's not much there. Like, there so for a rockstar game it's surprisingly shallow in terms of the the storyline that's that's no surprise like i don't think anybody has gone to max Payne for like riveting storytelling but um it's you're pretty much standard like guy hired to protect this you fighting i guess cartel members technically you're in uh brazil for anybody who doesn't remember it's like sao paulo um and you're just going from kind of like set piece to set piece in the and it's like a third person shooting game you obviously have that kind of slow down time mechanism that's like classic max pain but it is pretty fun like you know, i won't get it twisted like it's a simple premise but it is pretty fun it controls pretty much how i remember it and so i'm getting a kick out of it i don't know if i'm gonna see that all the way through or anything like that um but i i think it's it's fun enough to kind of burn some time because i was kind of i don't know why i was like i was like uh, some of the newer games I have were not really resonating with me for a little bit. So I was like, let me give uh, some older games a shot. And so, but I didn't, and of course I kind of keep like Castlevania three in rotation. So I, I don't really report that what we've been playing. Cause I kind of, in my constant state of playing that, but I was like, man, let me go with something that like maybe I haven't gone through in quite a while, and I kind of want to revisit. So this is on a short list of games I kind of wanted to revisit. Max Payne three. Uh, at some point, I'm gonna go back to Catherine, but there, there's a couple games I have in mind. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much everything I've been playing, and, and then also a little bit of Resident Evil six um, that I'm kind of co oping with someone, but uh, and that nothing to report on that. It, it is it's just, it's Resident Evil six like it's it's an action movie it's fast and the furious with leon basically um but nothing else really to, to report on that
1: <laughs> yeah i appreciate it it's funny i've been looking at obviously coming off of resident before it's like man there's I resident evil 6 is one of those games where it's those three storylines um yeah. and i've only ever beaten leon's storyline uh for for good reason obviously <laughs> yeah. um And I started watching videos, and uh, I mean, not a spoiler, you fight basically a zombie dinosaur, and it's just ridiculous. I can't believe that I I played that. Um, i never beat the other two storylines or anything like that, but it is one of those games where it's like, maybe one day, I'll some reason go through it.
0: Yeah, I've only also ever played Leon's. Um, Our intent is to get through all three, but who knows? I I don't know how long that's going to take. But um, yeah, the game's not bad per se, and I can appreciate it kind of as a, you, you could tell, like, that was the peak of, like, Capcom's, like, response, like, they're responding to larger feedback and trends, like, obviously, 5 was, like, heavily impacted by the kind of dude-bro shooter era that that kind of, like, really impacted it, and obviously, not everybody loved that, so this was, I feel like, their concession in many ways, where it's, like, it, it has a lot of, imagery and characters that are referential to resident evil like heyday but mm-hmm. the gameplay is still largely informed by five which is like like ammo scarcity is not really a thing for the most part you're not really craft or like you know really worried about your health and it's not the slow and plotting game and again it is has these larger action set pieces so it's not bad but it definitely is like a weird game to go back to because it's such a 2000 like whatever 2012 whenever it came out it's such a then game like you you could tell that it's just so responsive to like you could just tell that like capcom did not know what to do with the franchise at this point like they're just like i don't know like here here's leon again does that make you happy and it's like not really but sure um but yeah overall you know i'm getting enough entertainment value out of it i i don't think i'm gonna be going through like the whole franchise or anything like that i don't think that's gonna lead to me to like go into like seven next or anything Mm -hmm. like that because that's its own ball game that's its own can of worms i am not ready to return to quite yet uh but it's a good like mindless game like if you Mm -hmm. it's totally a game that you throw those subs on throw a podcast on i could see it being like actually a pretty good time if you just don't invest in it at all just kind of go from place to place and kill because you're killing like hundreds of zombies this is not like the old ones so um if if you're just looking for a solid third person shooter to kind of just mess around with i I think i can probably scratch that itch
1: yeah that makes sense that makes sense (laughs) that makes sense unfortunate sense Uh, but yeah we can get into uh the stories uh the first one's kind of a big one uh just because of uh it was supposed to be the comeback year for it but uh, yeah E3 has been canceled uh, this uh, comes from Rebecca Valentine over at IGN so uh, almost a year after announcing its return the Entertainment Software Association announced today to its members that this year's Electronic Inter- Entertainment Expo E3 has been canceled IGN can confirm uh, two sources have confirmed to IGN that the organization announced the cancellation via an email sent out to its members today the email said that E3 remains a beloved event uh, and brand and that the 2023 version simply did not garner the sustained interest necessary to execute it in a way that it would showcase the size strength and impact of the industry. Uh, following the reports the ESA issued uh, the following public statement from uh, Kyle Martin, uh Klisch Global VP of Gaming uh, ReadPop. This was a difficult decision because of all the effort we and our partners put toward making this event happen but we had to do what was right for the industry and what's right for E3 appreciate and understand the interested com- companies wouldn't have playable demos ready and that resourcing challenges made being at E3 this summer an obstacle that couldn't overcome uh, for those who did come into E3 2023 we're sorry we can't put on the showcase you deserve and that you've come to expect from ReadPop's event experiences." Um, so this is one of those things that we unfortunately saw coming early on uh, when almost every week uh, the big players were announcing that they wouldn't be there you know uh sony announced they weren't going to be there microsoft wasn't going to be there. nintendo surprisingly said they weren't going to be there uh then i saw i think we saw ea and i think most recent ubisoft was the big one who, uh, yeah yeah 10 cent was big too 10 cent is a big one too that so they also started pulling out and it got to the point where i was like well who's gonna be there yeah um devolver basically uh, devolver digital <laughs> uh with so it's it's an unfortunate thing um and it's weird because we saw that these companies that were pulling out of here were, are somewhat still scheduled or nothing's announced officially. Are still going to be coming to, everyone calls it the E3 Killer, which is Jeff Keighley's Summer of Games oh, uh, yes. week. So, which none of the big big guys I don't think have been confirmed. Yeah, Jeff Keighley sometimes pulls things out of nowhere, so we never know. But it is unfortunate that in a world that they were going to try to you know redo E3 in a sense uh, you know we had digital conferences the last couple of years due to the COVID and the restrictions and everything so this was gonna be that big first in-person one and nobody was going uh, the big guys had nothing were just uh, no real reason they just said they weren't going they they have got their heads down working and uh, I thought well alright they'll probably revert to an, a smaller digital event and they came out and confirmed that that wasn't happening either so E3 uh, it not happening this year i think this will probably be the last we kind of see v3 uh i think i mean I, I i don't know where you go from here uh, how did you uh what did you think of this
0: yeah you know it, it's one of those things where I, I i think i would normally in some cases be kind of like you know saddened to see the very obvious death of something like like e3 but at mm-hmm. the same time i feel like this happened years ago this is not a new thing this was more so like e3 died and they were trying to resuscitate it and it didn't work more so than like oh e3 e3's gone like that was the lot la- it's gonna be the last e3 like i feel like e3 was already a remnant of a bygone era and it, it was a sad reality of like generally like i am despite the fact that like it's obviously not in the place that it once was like i generally liked e3 i enjoyed it quite a bit i would have loved to see kind of a proper resurgence of it but the reality is it's a game of roi it's just return on investment and if it makes sense for the companies to participate in this event and they can make a return and it can be worth it whether it's networking or eyeballs or whatever they do it but obviously that hasn't been the case in a long time um and it's that yeah it's that digital format man if you want to blame anybody for the death of e three technically blame nintendo they were the ones who brought this treehouse thing and it worked so well and it was so brilliantly put together. And then it was just a cascading effect from there. And it's one of those things where I'm sympathetic to the ESA to some extent because E3 is its such a dependent thing. It, it, their, their show is dependent on the participation of others and the participation of others are dependent on the participation of the big boys. So basically the, the moment... The, the, the big boys stop playing, it makes it a, a, a natural cascading effect where, like, okay, one person drops. Oh, they're not going to be there. Okay, I'm leaving too. Because, again, the the less companies that show up, that impacts participation, network opportunity. It makes it just less worth it. Um, and, and that's... All of that is just aside from the fact that, like, traditional, hey, I have a stage and I'm going to bring out Jason Derulo to, like, dance and talk while I, I talk about Just Dance. Like this is that's just kind of gone like that that format is gone and e3 i think just didn't wasn't able to pivot fast enough that's just the reality of things like i, I in, in some ways i kind of look at e3 very similarly the way i look at games uh gamestop where it's like things change things changed fast and they were not able to pivot as fast as others were able to swoop in and so you had the jeff keely's you had these kind of um video materials that were able to fill that void of e3 what little void was kind of left by them at that point and then the companies did what kind of made most sense to them in a marketing perspective and so that really left no space for them um and and the only real demand at that point was seemed to be have been from the fans the people who literally wanted to attend e3 Mm -hmm. um and that can only take you far so far unfortunately obviously the esa did try to To tap into that, they're like, okay, so all these companies don't want to play ball, but there is a tremendous demand for people to actually come to the expo event and and actually participate. And so that was the year you remember where they opened it up and they kind of like allowed so many people to come and that's awesome for the fans, but then it had like an insane... Uh, like population issue, it, it turned into like uh, like Comic Con, and it, it like just packed, it locked up, and so naturally that provided a not great experience for the attendees, which in turn kind of like damaged uh, what little bastion of hope they had, which was the people. The companies were already gone, the 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 reveals were already done. People were either gonna I'm gonna reveal it myself, or I'm gonna do it at Game Awards. That was pretty. There was nothing left for E3. So at this point, you know, if the people are not rocking with it, the companies are not rocking with it, like there's only so much they can do. Um, I'm just surprised it took them this long to be like, okay, it's not happening. You know what I mean? Uh, Just because I I, kind of texted you about it. It's like how many companies need to drop before like enough's enough. Like who are you going to do this with? Like there's like no one left. Um, You know, maybe a little square conference or something like that, but. Overall, you know, I think it's one of those things that I could totally see in maybe 10, 15 years, kind of like a E3 reunion show. You know what I mean? Like kind of like a one-off. Like they do they do those in the Music Fest sometimes where like yeah. they did like Woodstock 99 or something like that. that. It's like referential to an older event, but it's not something that's like annualized or anything like that. It's like a big deal you do every like, I don't know, five years. And it's like, oh my God, we're going to like tap back in into that old energy. I think there is a space where that exists. But the kind of traditional yearly, you know, E3 2023, 2024, 2025, like that's dead. I, I just don't think that money exists anymore in that way to make it worth it for anybody involved, whether it's the ESA, the companies or the the fans. Um, and so, you know, it's like it's sad in a way. But at the same time, the writing's been on the wall for so long that I, I've been grieved like this is this is an old issue. And I feel like this conversation around the death of e3 happened like what like four years ago five years ago or something like that like this is this is kind of just like them they tried to sign something together and it very obviously didn't come to fruition in the way that they hoped but uh you know who knows who knows what the future holds e3 e, the esa and, and, and gamestop are like the two forces that are like very obviously done but somehow survive so who knows how long these conversations will persist. I wouldn't be surprised if a 2024 event does it try to be done. I wouldn't be surprised. Whether or not it happens, who knows. But uh, I, I, I bet this is not the end of their attempts to make an E3. It's not smart, but I bet it's not the end.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, again, you know, like you said, we've seen it dying out for a while. For know, a long time. Especially yeah. when they opened up when... They opened it to, I forget what they call it, classified, but like to influencers and stuff. And yeah. people were just able to go in there. And I remember companies, you know, people off the record from IGN, everyone was complaining. It was like, yo, we can't do our job because there's not nobodies, but regulars there. Yeah. And it's one of those events where it's like, man, I would have wished, I would have loved to been able to go to one one day. Um, it just but by the time i ever even got to the opportunity where we would have like e3 was a, not what it was you know exactly. it, it wasn't the big thing so you and i want like is,
0: 2013 e3 to, yeah, at but, the latest
1: but uh you know it wasn't open and it, for, for right reasons it wasn't open to the public in, yeah. in that extent so it is unfortunate and it's it is i do kind of miss having that organized week of knowing there's gonna be announcements yeah uh, you know microsoft was doing one day you know we knew like monday was one company the next day we knew what time they were going to be their announcements um and now it's random sometimes we get random trailers random this random nintendo does random i mean we, we have it coming up right in our next story just a random here's a 14 minute long session that we're going to talk about some stuff um this one was different but they've done it before where it's like yeah tomorrow 30 minutes of random indie games or games we're releasing in a later year and it's, it's sporadic and you miss things this way at least when you knew E3 week was happening and it's the same we do now with Summer Game Fest um, less organized because that one I feel like Jeff Keighley has things coming out randomly but E3 you knew what time to wait and look for announcements so it is unfortunate but it's, it's one of those things where it's like yeah we knew it was coming and it unfortunately had, had to happen
0: yeah you raise a really great point of exactly what I, I mean by like what I miss but that I feel like hasn't really gotten the chance to be co-opted by anybody else because of the nature of the industry these these days where it's like this having this entire week this this massive event where you kind of go to one place and it's all these different companies participating and it's like thing after thing after thing you get xbox on one day and you know and it, it's just it was just non-stop that i, I like i really do miss that almost you remember like sitting in front of the tv and watching it and just like mm-hmm. um you know I'm, I'm like rushing home from work so i don't miss you know like ubisoft's conference I remember it was, like, of uh, when I was on the East Coast at that time was that 4 p.m. Ubisoft conference. That always was the most annoying because my it would constantly get hit by my commute. And I think you were in the same boat too, yeah. uh, where neither of us like it, were in the ideal place to be watching it. And so I remember one year, I think I actually funneled, I think I took off one day for like, I think it was like a day where there was like three conferences and I was able to like get months ahead of it and actually take off a day of work just for E3 to just watch it um and it's tough like that i think that is that's what i miss like mm-hmm. it, 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 like i i like state of plays i like the nintendo directs and and whatever xbox is calling it these days i, I don't know what theirs is um but uh, i like i like these things but the problem is like it, it's unceremonious because everybody has it lives in their own world everything's so siloed and i did like the consolidation around this single thing the single super bowl if you will you know what i mean like where everybody can come together and you know like come what it was like june or july um that, that like it, it's go time like you everything was centered around the industry was kind of structured in a way where and eventually you know the I think Game Awards is close to that. Like you know, you know, once Game Awards is coming, something's gonna be revealed. But once upon a time, like you know, come this summer, uh, you were gonna find out about the entire slate. Maybe for the next what, eighteen months of all these cool yeah. developers. Now it's kind of like a it's a game by game thing at times. It's a developer by developer thing. Like Nintendo has their own way, and they hold it super close to the chest. And state of plays kind of come out of nowhere, and some of them matter, and some of them don't. And and that is why. I feel like that's a void left by E3, and I don't think it's going to be necessarily filled per se, because the industry just just doesn't work that way anymore. It's so compartmentalized now. Like we, they don't like. I think people try to be that that middle person, aka like Jeff Keeley. I think tries to make that center again where people can kind of rally around. I think IGN has its own event that I think tries to do the same thing. Um, but yeah, it just it, it doesn't do it for me because it these are. These are subsets of a already niche community. You know what I mean? Because you have gamers, and then you have gamers who actually, like, pay attention to, like, stuff at that level. And then on top of that, there's people. You you have that subset of people who know to, like, okay, some guy named Jeff Keighley has some event back in stream or... IGN very specifically you know to go to so it just doesn't get the eyes and if it doesn't get the eyes it doesn't get the participation in the major reveals and and so you get a lot of little you know DLC stuff and oh this game this random game from 2008 is getting remade okay that's cool but I just miss those days of like you know if there's gonna be an E3 you're probably gonna get some crazy mario some crazy zelda then the new cod is gonna be there so ea is gonna have some garbage nobody wants to play and ubisoft's gonna have assassin's creed 47 and it's gonna be fun but i, m- I just miss those days where like there was a, a predictability to it in the best way i think mm-hmm But uh, you kind of alluded to our next story that I'm pretty excited to talk about. Uh, So on March 28th, 2023, Nintendo released a 14 minute long gameplay reveal for their next big game, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. This is set to release on May 12th, 2023. Um, And this is the first, I think, like long detailed breakdown that we were able to get of Zelda. Uh, And I think a lot of people were very curious about this game. Naturally, Breath of the Wild, considered by many one of the best games, at least of the modern era. But to some people of all time, uh, one of the best Zelda games, Um, the game that kind of ushered in the era of i think the nintendo resurgence in many ways uh with the switch this kind of like started that um and so here we are with the sequel and a lot of people are like okay will they be able to pull it off again what is this game going to look like not to mention this is a game that's coming out that is we know is going to be ambitious on hardware that's the same hardware as breath of the wild just what like five to six years later um and so there's a a lot of questions people had um and so i'm curious steve like Judging by what you saw in this video, like, what are your thoughts about you know the gameplay, the visuals, um, the the different systems that they introduced? What are you what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, you know they 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 knew what they were specifically doing with this uh, this gameplay uh, because almost all the features we saw in here were new features. Yeah, um, you know they they talked about uh, how tra- traversing to the sky islands uh, would be. They they showed uh, a couple new mechanics. Uh, they did show um, there was like two big questions I feel in the community was was weapon uh, generation coming back and where they're going to be dungeons. Uh, we got an answer to one of those. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have any idea what's going on with shrines, dungeons, whatever's happening there. Uh, but we do see that the weapons will degrade after a little time and uses. Uh, but that and show some of these new features where you can now fuse. Items so you can like the big one was they took a stick and they put a rock on it and You could hit things with it. Um, so that's gonna I guess help a little bit uh, Eventually, I got the hang of how weapons worked and I would always I never just didn't have weapons with me um, um, But I I do like how some opening some of this fun and very minute stuff too that they're gonna do with the the fuse ability which was the big one they showed Um you know putting an eyeball on an arrow makes it a homing arrow uh which makes a lot of sense It doesn't make sense but it 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 throws back to when i remember having tons of those eyeballs for no reason i, I ended up selling them throwing them out because you couldn't really cook with them or anything like that you know traversing looks very similar because it is a it is in i don't know if it's gonna be a remix map or it's gonna be based off a lot of it um but they showed, you know, a little bit of the map, the traversing, and they showed that new uh, jump ability, I, I don't remember what it was called, where you go through the ceiling. Oh, um, yeah. The levitate, uh, and I I like, it's a weird ability, I wonder how they're going to story work that in, but I, I do like that it's going to sometimes not make you have to do that climbing, uh, which, especially late game in the Zelda, it just sometimes it was just more, almost felt like padding. Um, so this is going to help with some of those abilities. Um, But the fusibility just is what they really harpened on. And that's what stuck out to me because it looked like it can get pretty in-depth with some of these flying machines, sailing machines. Um, And that's all and good for people who are going to do all that stuff. I'd also like that they just showed very simple. They took three logs, put it together, put a fan, got across the water because that's where I'm going (laughs) to be. I'm not going to be sitting there making these extravagant things um, when I can just get the job done. Uh, But I like that it shows... At least to what we've seen so far having the ability to do both um, didn't see too much combat really the combat looks very similar um, but the big one is that, you're, that you mentioned that this is coming out on the same hardware that the first oh, that Breath of the Wild came out and it's you know how what are we talking six year old hardware by now seven year old you know yeah 2017 around. so coming 2017, up on six years
0: so. or six years coming exactly
1: on, yeah coming up on six years old hardware and You can't tell me that the game looks pretty. You can't tell me that there wasn't some fuzz. Uh, There's actually a very funny moment where it, and it's it's almost a split second where they in the gameplay they stop Link to talk about something, and there is a moment where he Joy-Con drifts and walks off. Oh, Um, does he? Yeah. Um, and everyone who saw it and has experienced Joy-Con drift knew because it's like a weird stutter, slow movement not something you can really recreate on an analog stick. So there is Joy-Con Drift in the trailer. Uh, But that's That's more hardware. But you know, game, I've always had mixed feelings on on the look of Breath of the Wild. It makes a lot of sense. Now we're seeing this, and it looks obviously very similar. And I'm not harping on that. But I just know when I put this on my dock that it's going to look blurry. I am hoping it doesn't get choppy. But if we've seen anything, and I know Nintendo usually is pretty well with their game specifically, but we saw you know, Bayonetta, which is a way more graphically demanding game, struggle a lot. Um, we saw Pokemon, that's a whole other issue, but we saw that game that looks very s- similar in certain aspects struggle. F- ridiculous amount. Um, so that more worries me is how is that gameplay moment to moment going to be, and can it recapture I me... Mean, for the next whatever hours I'm going to be playing. Um, But what I saw looks intriguing. It looks, if it's naturally baked into the game, it just does look like an expanded sequel like we want. It doesn't look like just a DLC pack that they've... And I didn't expect it to. Um, So I'm excited. Uh, How did you think of it a little bit more uh, play-by-play?
0: Yeah, I mean, generally I'm quite positive about it. Um, There's a couple things. So one thing I think... I can appreciate that how effectively they use their time you know it's 14 minutes and they really used that time to highlight what makes this game different uh in in a game that otherwise looks very similar um and so i can appreciate that that they showed all these new systems and that's one thing i really do love about this team and i love about nintendo where they're not necessarily always sequel for sequel sake you know they they really make a thing where it's like okay if we're gonna do this. We need something new to show, a new way to have fun, a new system at play. And they have lots of new systems, and uh, I can appreciate that, you know. And I I wouldn't bake it down into, like, calling it a gimmick per se, but... You know, there was that thing in Breath of the Wild where it it was all about physics, you know, that advanced physics engine where this one has a more advanced kind of fusion crafting engine thing that I think is really, really cool. Uh, And and it has even some kind of traversal implications that I'm like really impressed by. And I think it looks really, really solid and interesting to to mess around with. Yeah, I'm probably also going to keep it pretty simple as well on my end. Like, I, I think that's really cool. You can do that. But even Breath of the Wild, like you can do all these crazy stuff with the physics that I also really didn't mess around with for the most part um uh, so yeah overall i liked what i saw um but you know if there's anything that i had as kind of like a downside it's the visuals however not in the way that i think a lot of people are talking about where when you know i think naturally the the comparison a lot of people make when they look they hear about this game and they look at breath of the wild is that ocarina majora thing where it's the same engine narratively connected but tonally very different um, and and that is how I was looking at this game and I guess I was the only thing I was a little bit disappointed of and, and maybe this is just an indictment on my expectations and not what Nintendo's ever said but um, when I kind of looked at this game and I saw that initial trailer and that much darker, uh tone i was really hoping that they would use that as an opportunity for a little bit of an aesthetic shift not the art style per se but there was like a really brilliant thing like and and i've gone back to ocarina to confirm this but when you play that game there's this beautiful highlight of like light blues greens and reds but then when you play majora's mask it really highlights these purples these blues and these oranges um and those small differences those little palette swaps if you will uh, allow for a very distinct experience that really lends itself well to not only match what is trying to be communicated through this game and the kind of atmosphere that they're trying to make but also uh, the fact that this is not only a darker and theme game but like a visually distinct game so despite them being in the same engine I don't think anybody would say like Ocarina and Majora are like the same you know what I mean like you play it and you're like okay they did a great job translating the same engine in two distinct ways and I was really hoping with breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom that they did the same thing um and yeah if there's only one complaint is that it looks exactly the same exactly the same i love that there's new mechanics i love the, the the floating island thing so they're expanding the map a little bit more but i just wish that they did a little bit more to make it more visually distinctive from breath of the wild instead of because then naturally you have that idea where it's like I know this is so content-full and rich, and I have no di- a doubt that this team is going to make it worth our time. But at the same time, it looks like an expansion on something they did previously. And so I was just hoping that they would take this as an opportunity to... even to, and, and nothing super cheap. It's not like I'm expecting them to just slap a reskin on the map and, and you know, Saints Row it. No, I'm not expecting that. Yeah. But just use this as an opportunity to play around with some new visual things. And again, this could very much still be the case. Like, they didn't show off everything. They showed off, you know, kind of generally one to two areas and then gameplay for the most part. Um, so, you know, this still very much can still be a thing, but I, I want it to be a little bit more visually distinctive so it can feel like its own thing. So when I say Breath of the Wild, you think uh, you have a, a picture you know, that you kind of sitting on that plateau and looking over that vista. But then when I say Tears of the Kingdom, a different image comes up, a different look. And for right now, this it's the same image for both. But again, we haven't seen a ton. So it, it, it's a, a small disappointment on my end, but I wouldn't say it's an indictment against them. Um, and I, I don't really hold the visuals too much against them so much as I hold it against Nintendo at large for kind of still forcing developers to develop on this older hardware. It just the Switch is doing well. So they haven't they haven't introduced no hardware. But yeah, it's I mean cuz the reality is when Breath of the Wild 1 came out, uh or not 1, but Breath of the Wild came out, it was already old hardware then. People forget that. That like that wasn't a new chipset in 2017. Um that was an older chipset that they opted for because it was a lot more inexpensive, so it allowed them to have a lower price pr- uh, point. At launch, basically, it was the idea, so they didn't have to hit you over the head. When you go for the more expensive chipsets, when you go for the crazy visual fidelity, then that—that's what happens with Steam Deck, for example. It's just a higher price point. It's—it's it's a different experience. Um, to keep things cheap, to keep things accessible, they made some concessions in 2017. I think most people were able to stomach it for the most part. Like Breath of Wild was. Because of the cell shading and the fact that it was 2017, I think people were like, okay, yeah, no, this is this is amazing to hap- have on the go. But I think in 2023, the game industry is just in a different place. What we are able to think about, like, okay, what are we able, capable of doing handheld, has been fundamentally redefined um, since 2017. Now, you can almost play anything with variable resolutions handheld. That's what Steam Deck has offered for us. And so I think that's the kind of tricky thing now where it's like these new Nintendo games are introduced and they play sometimes pretty awesome and sometimes they look really beautiful, like like uh, Metroid Prime, for example. But then there's this kind of realm of acceptability where it's like, okay, there's a point where this level of like visual flickering and the fact that it's 30 FPS, like that's not industry standard anymore. It's kind of like... We, we we need a little bit more but at the same time these developers are not miracle workers and so there's only so much power you can extract from the thing and i think we're on the top end of that um and i have no doubt that zelda is going to be amazing um but yeah man when i was watching that trailer i was like boy what i would do to play this game on a ps5 like mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just if i could just i i hate that the visuals always have to be concession when nintendo because i don't 100% understand why like why it can't be both you know what i mean especially when they have a switch with such a gorgeous oled screen the fact that like that oled combined with a solid resolution and the ability to pump out like normal frame rates i think could could blast them to first place so fast again um not that they're they're in last place or anything like that but in terms of like where i go to play handheld games yeah my switch usage has plummeted You know what I mean, and they're still selling dramatically. But I, I would love for me to still reach for my Switch more often. But it's like I hate that the power thing is always a concession with them, Um, and 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 I I think to some degree Tears of the Kingdom is impacted by that. But I still have no doubt, and I have so much faith in this game to be Game of the Year contender. Absolutely, despite whatever visual issues you you might have with it, but. I have no doubt that it will perform generally solid um, because I know if it didn't, they'd punt it for sure, knowing Nintendo. They only seem to. I can only think of like two games that had significant performance issues out of the gate from Nintendo. Obviously, Pokemon. And then, uh, what was it? Hyrule Warriors 1, I think, had some issues. Um, but besides that, they're generally, they release things in a proper state. And so I have no doubt that this will perform good enough. There's probably going to be frame dips. There's frame dips in Breath of the Wild as well. Um, but you know, I, I think generally it's going to perform okay. And it, it's going to be a beloved game and judging by what they've shown, they've shown that they're not taking the sequel thing for granted. They're actually putting in the work to, to differentiate it from Breath of the Wild, at least on a systems level and probably on a narrative level that um i think can can generally please everybody there's going to be people who look at this game and say, like, i am not playing no 720 30 fps games i think there are like the graphics hounds that are just not going to play ball with that that is what it is um but i think for the most part the nintendo fans will be pleased with with what they saw um and and, and generally i was as well uh, you know it it, it was i you know blown away by what i saw no not really it's in line with what i expected but um i have high expectations for this and i think it's going to meet it so at the end of the day that's ultimately what matters
1: yeah that 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 makes that makes sense that's that's my thing as well it's like i I was hoping i'd be more like excited right like i saw something like cool that's some stuff that i'm going to do in the game besides that i kind of expect already from the game um, but I, I do think there are, there is gonna be that community, um, especially now that we have to remember this is also Nintendo's first jump to seventy dollars for oh, their game. Oh, that's true. Yeah, their game, and I know it's only a ten dollar increase and stuff. But you, I have seen the conversation where people are like, "Well, you know, Breath of the Wild was really just a Wii U game brought to Switch. Um, what's the excuse this time?" And and there's a fair point. You know, I have looked at Breath of the Wild, you know, side by side from Wii U to Switch, and the, the differences are very minor very um and so when you think that tears of the kingdom and breath of the wild there's gonna be times where you can not tell which one you're playing and the wii u that's an even older console so nothing we've seen makes it look like this was developed for switch this is just developed because they had like you're saying a lot of the assets over and stuff like that it's like i don't want a game that could run on wii u on my switch in 2023 for 70 dollars uh, when we see what other companies are doing and I know Nintendo's in its own aisle, but it's it's rough when you're paying the same price, you know. I, I, Resident Evil 4 I think, well no, I think that was only a $60 purchase, but that game could have easily went for 70 and it didn't. Um, so different games, different animals to take care of. I completely understand that, but that's the that's the culture that Tears of the Kingdom is releasing to. Um, but if they can do what they do well, um, like you said, if they can hit at least a steady frame rate, of, <laughs> a minimum of at least thirty, you got to be able to hit that thirty consistently, then, and you hit deliver with the rest of the stuff. You you know you you have to tell a more narrative story. F- more not linear story but a normal story not so many flashbacks hiding go unlock the cutscenes by taking pictures of a random mountain (laughs) because uh, that stuff can't exist because i mean it just it can't because this is a sequel going forward and i'm hoping at least that's delivered that way and then i'm reiterating again just i want dungeons i want the shrines can exist but at least give me some sort of bigger dungeon as well um But besides that, everything else does look really good. I I am excited. I think, you know, I think they preference the the gameplay reveal with, you know, development is done. So, they're probably just doing the day one patch, basically. So, I'm assuming May 12th, that Friday, is going to hit without an issue.
0: Yeah, I mean, unless they find some, like, catastrophic bug. I mean, at this point, they're in polishing mode. So, you would imagine we'd be good to go and yeah technically yeah we're we're a month and a half away something like that yeah um so that's pretty exciting you know we're pretty close uh to that and i think things are going to really get going there's uh, a number of games i think that are going to be popping up soon resident evil i kind of i think kind of like opened the floodgates of that but jedi survivor that's coming um we're gonna have legend of zelda coming uh, Final Fantasy 16, it's going to kind of be like one after another. And I'm pretty excited about this because these these are the big players now, finally. I mean, there's like some awesome games, uh, you know, on the front end of the year that I, I really enjoyed. But I think these, finally, these kind of like AAA major experiences are coming. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to see kind of w- what that looks like because we're going to get a combination of what, I- I'm really curious to see what uh, super experienced on the hardware, Nintendo looks like um, because there are lots of games that they release on the console. For example, you know ports, uh, uh, less demanding games. But the last time we had a Switch game, first party that was like really pushing it, it's been a little bit. You know what I mean? Like like we we got a couple up front. You got the Breath of Wild. You got the the Odyssey um, Bayonetta. I I don't really consider a first first party because it is still like platinum doing that um so yeah it's been a little bit and so I, i'm curious to see like okay yes breath of the wild did come out you know when it came out in 2017 and, and all that and in the, in the state that it did but at the same time that was new hardware for them like it was developed for the wii u and then they kind of reverse engineered it for the switch i'm curious to see what a first party nintendo developer six years into the cycle of a hardware like what power can be extracted um because you got to keep in mind like historically that has produced some really cool stuff for different developers like th- that's how we got like last of us for example is the power that they extracted from pretty old hardware at that point um and and we're able to do some really cool things because they've worked with it for a long time so i think we'll be able to see some really cool things hopefully um from the team over there at nintendo because they've had the switch for for so much time now so they've had so much time to learn it and, and different tricks and then ways to probably expand power so maybe it'll run like a lot better even though it is you know limited hardware and older hardware uh who knows they this is the only skew of hardware that they're developing for and they've had a long time to 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 learn it i think we have some really cool potential here um and 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 so i'm excited to see what they do for it Uh, i have no doubt that they'll develop something solid because i have pretty good faith in this team um to do something at least very solid if not like amazing you know what i mean
1: no exactly yeah that's that's the thing this is their experience at it now by this point so it should only be good if not great
0: absolutely so those are the two stories we had this week we'll be back um for the next show with more information and um hopefully more games because i think by that point it will i think uh Mega Man battle network collection might be out by that time yeah. i'm very excited about that
1: game. Well, i'm so excited yeah
0: so, that uh, we'll have a little bit more to talk about um, during that show. And we hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I'm Drew Brown. I'm here with
1: Steve. Hope you guys enjoyed.
0: And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye.